More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Thursday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Everybody, thank you for joining our main man Clay on vacation in Australia, having a great time. I think there are even some photos up at clayandbuck.com. He is uh, in one of them hugging a koala. I said, I need Clay and a koala in a photo, and it exists, so I think it'll be up on clayandbuck.com. Having a great time in the land down under. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. I, I gotta say one thing about doing shows, and I, I can't even, it's amazing to me to sit here and realize how long I've been doing radio at this point, how many, we're now going on the second decade of radio. Um, but whenever you do a show close to the holiday, you wonder, you know, am I just going to sit around and talk about my favorite Christmas music or, Am I going to be discussing that perennial topic about is Die Hard a Christmas movie or should when should you tell your kids about how real Santa is? Because for all the kids listening, he's very real. Um, with all that, no, no, we actually have a lot of news today, a lot to get into, which uh, I'm pleased that we can dive into the substance together here. Um, first up, there's some breaking news uh, out of Prague, a mass shooting, 10 students killed already, at least 30 injured. So that number likes somebody who's gone, uh, gone completely homicidal wacko. Um, I'll bring you details as we get those throughout the course of the show. New numbers from uh, CBP since December 1st, 200,000 plus migrant encounters at the southern border, over 10,000 a day. This is an absolute flood. I mean, these numbers are completely unmanageable, unsustainable. Um, this is as bad as anybody thought things could get, perhaps even worse at the southern border. Uh, my friend Julio Rosas, uh, an intrepid reporter uh, with townhall.com, he'll be with us in the second hour. He is down at the border and seeing this going on and uh, seeing the numbers and the overwhelmed Border Patrol. Uh, so we shall discuss where that goes. President of Harvard, Claudine Gay, now faces 40, 4-0 um, allegations of plagiarism. 
Seven publications she's written are being looked at now, according to the Daily Mail. Chris Rufo is on this one, and uh, it's amazing to watch the established, not surprising, but amazing nonetheless, to watch the academic and left-wing establishment contort themselves, pretend that plain language and the, the, the obvious meaning of things they've said in the past no longer applies. Why? Well, because the president of Harvard is one of the most um, elevated DEI hires out there right now in the world of academia. Harvard University has a $54 billion endowment and has enormous uh, cultural reach and implications. And there is uh, a president of Harvard who they celebrated as a DEI hire, so we can't be told now you can't say she's a DEI hire, but uh, enormously important implications, I think, of how this goes. Will she be forced out or forced to step down? One more thing, I want to get into this. I've been saying it, and I, I don't like when I say, oh, we're going to get to this, and then I, the last couple of days, the Confederate Memorial at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, we should do a little bit of a deep dive on this one, uh, get into some of the history, because I think that the people that are tearing down, they are trying to currently tear down this uh, monument. Uh, they want most folks to have a very uh, limited, superficial, perfunctory approach and, and understanding to all of this. And the more context it is given, I think, the more clear it is that this is more of the uh, iconoclasm spasm that we saw after the BLM riots, the destruction of these different uh, monuments and pulling them down uh, without real consideration for the history that is represented and the meaning and the, and, and the intent behind these, I mean, in this case, a, a work of art. We will, they're saying they're moving it, not destroying it, but yeah, we, we all know what's going on here. We will get into that. I, I will get into that, maybe even the bottom of this hour. But first up here, uh, Biden has weighed in. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time. We had a little technical issue, so maybe more time than even intended. We spent a lot of time on the Colorado State Supreme Court decision to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in that state. You know, I can't even say anymore, oh, my jaw hit the ground. I'm so surprised. This is uh, outrage crossing the Rubicon. That's That's what we were all saying after the indictment in New York and then the indictment in uh in Florida and then the indictment in DC and then the indictment in Atlanta and the the civil trial run by a state attorney general Natissa James in New York where she promised to get Trump when she was running for that law enforcement office and you know they're trying to bring huge fines and and end the ability of the Trump organization to do business in that state i mean this you know one thing i'll say occasionally people who don't uh, support Trump on the right. We'll reach out to me or I'll even see them in, in, in uh, day-to-day life. And they'll just be like, oh, you've got to stop talking about all these get Trump efforts. And I look at them and I say, well, it, it is actually beyond Trump at some point. W- whether Trump thinks so or not or anyone else recognizes this, we can't allow this to stand. This can't be something that happens in this country. Anyone who thinks they will just do this against Trump has not been paying attention. They have actually been building up to this for many years, and I always name all the names. I go through this. You, you talk about what they did to Senator Ted Stevens. You talk about what they did to 
Governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin with the John Doe prosecutions. You talk about what they tried to do to Governor Perry in Texas when he was going to defund a prosecutor who was a drunk driver. You look at Chris Christie with Bridgegate. Chris Christie forgot all about that, apparently. Now he's on the on the get Trump train times 10. And uh, it's it's disappointing um, doing the work of the left at this point, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, look, we pushed him on some of these issues. I, I don't ever want this audience to feel like we're we're not going to hide important conversations from you that are happening on the right. We're not going to say, oh, well, we don't like the arguments some of these Republicans are making. So we can't, you know, we have to protect your ears from this. No, you've heard it. I, I find Chris Christie's um opinions on this stuff uh entirely unpersuasive and i think that's clear from when i've talked to him and clay's talked to him recently his um, opinions on why he's still even in the race i find it unpersuasive but my point here is there's something much bigger at work than trump which is not something you've been able to say i think for a while you know trump has been this this uh this this creation of a of a tornado around him all the time a political and legal tornado where it takes all, it sucks all the oxygen out of the room. It, you know, lifts houses off their foundations. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. Okay. What are we seeing right now? Well, we talked about the removal of Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado and his chief political opponent yesterday, the current president of the United States, at least officially speaking, how many decisions this guy actually makes. I don't even know if he's making the decisions about, you know, how to put his socks on in the morning himself, but how many decisions he's making is something we'll have to continue to look into. Uh, but here he is. He is actually saying, this is our cut one today, that Trump is an insurrectionist. Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think you start thinking you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, or let the court make that decision. But he's certainly supporting the insurrection. No question about it. He certainly did not. And if you listen to and or or read the transcript of the speech that he gave, have your voices be peacefully heard. If Donald Trump's when he's president, everybody, if Donald Trump's version of an insurrection when he is the commander in chief of the United States military and the chief executive officer of the federal government, if his version of an insurrection is gather around and chant slogans and and have placards up, and then some people, a portion of those people, crossed the line, rioted, some of them, you know, punched police, and there was some exchange, we've seen this. Usually, I just want to be clear, in a riot, if you hit police officers in this country, if you say that you're doing it for racial justice, or you're saying you're doing it to right historical inequality or wrongs, nothing happens to you. But if you do it on January 6th, I don't know, maybe you get... After a year in solitary, you get five or 10 or 15 years in federal prison. Okay, so we know there's a two-tier justice system. I know it, you know it. I say it just because I don't want anyone to think that I've forgotten this, but okay, yes, is it a violation of law? We can't just cast off all the laws because they are willing to do that. We can't abandon everything because they abandon it at at will uh, because then it just turns into a might-makes-right situation entirely. That's what the Democrats want. They want us to abandon all of our principles. They want us to become the monster in pursuit of the monster. And we have to, and we have to be willing to fight, fight, you know, tough, no question. But we have to maintain some baseline principles in this entire process. We can't lose sight of who we are and what we stand for. And so Biden's saying he's an insurrectionist. I've said this before. I even wrote a piece about this a couple of years ago. Um, anyone who says this is an insurrection is lying or stupid. 
I think a lot of the people you see, they're lying. You know, like Morning Joe in these shows. Um, you know, as some of you uh, know, or I, you all know, because I've talked about it before, um, I was in the CIA for a number of years. And when you're in the world of intelligence, you have some sense of what does an insurrection look like? What does a coup look like? And uh, this would be the most pathetic and absurd insurrection or coup in the modern history of the planet. People who overwhelmingly do nothing illegal, show up peacefully, say that they want more investigation into an election that they believe is stolen, and the police antagonize them. There are some people being very provocative among the members of that crowd. We've never really gotten full answers on that. And then there is a riot. And, by the way, it's not like the Capitol, you know, the Capitol wasn't burned down. There wasn't, you know... Uh, tens of millions of dollars of damage. The, the tens of millions, actually billions of dollars of damage done to buildings, including federal buildings like the courthouse in Portland that the BLM lunatics wanted to burn down in the summer of 2020. Um, that's what BLM gets to do. That's what the left, the Democrat foot soldiers, the Democrat shock troops of BLM, they get to get away with all of that. Um, but calling it an insurrection and then using that, I mean, I can declare anyone an insurrectionist on the, on the basis of what Joe Biden is doing here. And what is being done in his name by Jack Smith and others to destroy Trump. Jack Smith, obviously, in the January 6th trial, and now the Colorado. All Democrat appointees, by the way, I believe it was 4-3 on that uh, state Supreme Court. So even some Democrats didn't want to go along with this because it's so absurd. All Democrat appointees on that state Supreme Court. But there's something that's very interesting. Um, and some of the big legal minds of the right are... Looking at this right now, and they're saying there could be a, well, let's, I, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up prematurely, but there could be a Jack Smith checkmate move in the works right now. And it comes from an, an amicus brief, courtesy of uh, former Attorney General Meese and a couple of former, I believe, Scalia clerks. Uh, very high-profile conservative lawyers, and here's the basics of what they're saying. Jack Smith, the special counsel, is illegitimate. Now, you might say, well, hold, hold on a second. No, no, not, not that he's politicized, not that he's exceeding his authority. Not He has no authority under law. You can make those other arguments, too, but he has no authority under law. He should not exist in the role that he currently occupies because that role is unconstitutional. Based on the Constitution and based on statute, he should have to be appointed by the president and uh, and confirmed by the Senate. He is not just an employee. He is acting as a superior officer. I, I read the brief this morning. It's pretty interesting, compelling stuff. And here's, here's the, I'll get into this a little bit more. I'll read you a little bit from the, from the brief. I mean, Ed Meese, uh, the, the, you know, these are serious people, right? These are brilliant legal minds. This is not some, you know, throw it over the transom and, and see what happens. This is not some Hail Mary pass and who knows. Uh, this is real. And what happens if Jack Smith is delegitimized, uh, in this way as, as I think he should be as a function of law? Oh, man, the whole thing collapses, at least on the federal side. <laughs> what do you do then? The whole investigation was being run by a guy who had no investigative authority. The, the prosecutions will have been brought by somebody who has no legitimate authority under the Constitution to bring those prosecutions. This is what, 
again, former Attorney General Meese uh, and a couple of others are saying. I'll get into some of these details. Um, I think it's really interesting. Um, well, I think they're right, which is why I think it's so interesting. And it makes the more you think about it, it, it makes sense. The Attorney General can just decide, oh, I'm, um, I'm going to appoint somebody with these tremendous powers and based on what exactly? Based on what uh, statute and what statutory interpretation? There's some complexity here because there is, you know, you look back and they say in the brief the Patrick Fitzgerald appointment back in 2003 over the over the leak investigation that that was legitimate, but this one is not because of the processes that they did not go through and also uh, the laws have changed around this issue and also the authorities that are being wielded by um, by Jack Smith. So let's get it. This... <laughs> This could be big. This could be a checkmate move if the court agrees, if it makes its way all the way up. We will see. We'll talk more about it. But, you know, my wife, Karen, and I had a great vacation this past summer in Scotland. I absolutely love Scotland. I uh, highly recommend it. Even if you don't play golf, believe it or not. I don't play golf. I love Scotland. Um, and as far as day-to-day activities, I could stay connected, call my family, text, send photos. No problem because my cell phone company, Pure Talk, has international roaming in Scotland as well as 30 other countries. So if you're going overseas in the coming year, chances are Pure Talk is going to have international coverage available for you without any kind of rate increase. Here at home, Pure Talk, by the way, is still the company you should all be using for your cell service. They save the average size family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. When you have Pure Talk, you're on America's most dependable 5G network, so the coverage is second to none. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company. With simply the best U.S. customer service team, now with international roaming to over 30 countries. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck, make the switch, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and start saving on wireless today. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll tell you, I think it's going to be interesting to see what ends up coming out of this um this amicus brief um maybe maybe it doesn't get the attention that i think it might or get the um review and and uh effectively win over the judges the way that i think it should but as i said former attorney general meese and a couple of uh conservative law professors who are former scalia clerks are just saying look the way we have a system of appointments and uh for appointing special counsels and to give universal jurisdiction to a uh, a private citizen who was not presidential a presidential appointed a presidentially appointed and senate confirmed makes him effectively more powerful than any other US attorney and you can't do this um i i'm very curious to see how this might be handled and this all goes to jack smith's decision very politicized decision to try and fast track the trump uh, defense of an immunity claim around the J6 prosecution in Washington, D.C. So we'll talk about that. I, I want to discuss the Confederate memorial um, takedown. We come back, so stick around for that. i got a lot of thoughts on it for all of you. But the world can be a volatile place, as we all saw this year. Despite the conflicts going on in Ukraine and the Middle East, our stock markets continue to be a good place for investors to be. But how long will that last before investors see consumer confidence shifting and our nation's debt burden become more impactful again on inflation. Writer and former Wall Street insider Tika Tawari maintains there's a scenario that will lead to the collapse of the U.S. dollar. Daunting as it is, it's worth learning about. That's why Mr. Tawari just released a controversial video to help you prepare. Go check this out now. Go to MoveYourCashNow.com. That's MoveYourCashNow.com to learn the three steps you need to take to protect and grow your wealth in the coming months and year. MoveYourCashNow.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. A judge has okayed, after uh, a delay earlier this week, judge has okayed the removal efforts of the uh, Confederate Memorial at Arlington National Cemetery. So they're now uh, in the process. It's supposed to be removed uh, in its entirety by the uh, 1st of January. So this will happen pretty rapidly. And if you were to go and <clears throat> take a look at what's being said on uh, on uh, left-wing websites um, or, you know, New York Times, wherever, they will uh, they'll tell you that this is a victory over racism and the veneration of uh, fascism and slavery and all this sort of stuff. So I, I thought instead of even just uh, engaging in 
the high-level, why are they trying to tear down statues, memorials, history, and where does this end? Because if any connection of any kind for something to slavery means that it has to be erased and pulled from public display, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to call Washington, D.C., right? We all understand this. They understand it for sure. Um, and and they view this as uh, as a weapon to use against the shared sense of culture, history, and, and just understanding of what it is to be an American that we all have today, right? If you tear away uh, the Founding Fathers, the Constitution, if you get rid of all of that, well, what's left? Well, whatever they decide to replace it with. But I, I actually thought it would be more useful to discuss how we got to this point or what the, the history of this is. The uh, Arlington National Cemetery, uh, believe it or not, I believe it was uh, George Washington's adopted son's daughter had that plot of land at one point. And then Robert E. Lee, yeah, that Robert E. Lee, um, was the executor of an estate uh, that controlled what is now the, it was less, I think it was a couple hundred acres, but now Arlington National Cemetery, National Cemetery is about 600 plus acres. <clears throat> but in terms of the Confederate uh, monuments specifically, um, well, let's go back to what happened. You get after the Civil War, you have Reconstruction in the South, and it basically ends 1877. President Rutherford B. Hayes withdraws federal troops from the South. And as we all know, there are still tremendous racism and, and segregation and, and policies of disenfranchisement and uh, abuse toward uh, black Americans. And it was systemic across the South. <clears throat> so the, the policies or the idea of uniting the country was still had a long way to go in that regard. And it still had a long way to go with regard to just those who were Southerners, white Southerners and uh, Northerners. There was a lot of resentment that was still felt at that time in the country but then there is something of a an opportunity toward unity that presents itself as so often happens in societies throughout history with the beginning of the spanish american war uh in 1898 so all of a sudden you have people who are feeling you have southerners you have white southerners who are saying i'm going to go fight for my country so this was seen as as an opportunity. 33 years after the end of the Civil War, there's this oppor- there's this chance to bring the country together against a common enemy. In this case, the Empire of Spain. And President McKinley saw it as this moment in time where something could be done to bring the country together. Um, McKinley served himself. We all know how McKinley, unfortunately, met his end, but McKinley had served in the 23rd Ohio Infantry uh, fighting for the Union. He enlisted as a private and made it all the way through to 1865 as a, uh, uh, well, as an officer. And he appointed three Civil War veterans to command the campaign in Cuba. Two of them were Medal of Honor winners for the Union, and the third was fighting Joe Wheeler, who was a Confederate cavalry general. And he had been elected to Congress in Alabama in 1880 and had been part of the effort to heal the wounds of the country. The Civil War had hundreds of thousands of dead on both sides. Uh, A lot of Americans gave their lives 
for their cause and for their side. So in 1900, um, Congress authorized, and again, this is part of this move to bring the country, bring North and South further together, you know, emotionally, spiritually, ideologically after the wounds of the Civil War. So in 1900, Congress allows Confederate remains to be um, taken from their, you know, reinterred, taken from their grave sites around D.C. and moved to Arlington National Cemetery in, in what is now uh, called Section 16. So that was something of a, that was obviously qu- quite a, a change, um, a move toward peace. President McKinley did his peace jubilee uh, nationwide tour. And he proclaimed as follows. This was actually in 1898. This is before the uh, graves were moved. But he said, in the spirit of fraternity, we should share with you in the care of the graves of Confederate soldiers. Sectional feeling no longer holds back the love we feel for each other. The old flag again waves over us in peace with new glories. Now, to be clear, this this new moment of bonding and bringing together the country still excluded um, African Americans who were in a segregated burial plots at Arlington until Truman, uh, President Truman in, in 1948, uh, integrated Arlington. Um, so in 1903, you're the first Confederate Memorial Day ceremonies held in the Arlington Confederate section. President Theodore Roosevelt sent a floral arrangement. Uh, so he actually sent flowers along. By the way, um, Jim Webb, who's a Marine veteran, did an excellent editorial laying out a lot of this in the uh, Wall Street Journal, um, in which he was saying, look, I, I think that the move, the removal of this monument, at least understand why the monument is there, right? For all these people writing, oh, it's awful, it's it's about slavery, it's about elevating the South and racism, and they're Nazis, but they're just Nazis before the Nazis existed. Hold, hold on a second. This monument was meant to heal wounds that the country had and bring the two sides together. And people who had actually fought the Confederacy, people who had lost family members to the Civil War, were involved in this process of reconciliation. They wanted the country to come back together. So in 1906, uh, Secretary of War Taft allowed the Daughters of the Confederacy to raise money to build a memorial, right? So first the graves are moved, uh, there's the reinterred graves, and then they have this memorial that is uh, starting to be built, and it's actually uh, built by Moses Jacob Ezekiel, who is a you know, artist, sculptor, um, and a Confederate veteran, and the first uh, Jewish American to graduate from the Virginia Military Institute, so just some interesting backstory on how this all got built. So there's a if you look at this, I've, I haven't been to the memorial. I've only seen photos of it, but there's a 30 foot, uh, 32 foot tall female figure, classic Greco Roman kind of classical antiquity looking figure. And then there are a bunch of smaller, uh, figures depicted in the sculpture below. And uh, there are some inscriptions. There's the Latin phrase, um, well, first, they have beat their swords. This is a biblical inscription, actually. They've beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And the whole purpose of creating this monument at the time was to try to bring together the feeling of 
of unity, North and South. And that was seen by presidents, by veterans of both sides, by people as a, um, as a worthy goal. And this is not meant to elevate. I mean, there's, there's greater, there's so much more complexity on the issue, um, than people will generally allow. And as I said in the, uh, in the web editorial on this, he lays out there were a number of, of states, for example, uh, that did not give up their slaves, who fought for the Union, but did not give up the slaves they already had over the course of the war. I know from visiting the, uh, in Charleston, they have the, uh, the slave, uh, slave auction museum there, um, that 3% of Southerners own 97% of the slaves. And that of the 258,000 Confederate soldiers who died, which is a roughly 30% figure of those who actually took up arms for the South, a uh, tiny percentage of them overall actually even owned slaves. So when you understand, I think, the greater historical context of why this monument was built and what it is meant to symbolize, it is not meant to be um, an excuse for, and none of the people, none of the people involved in, in, you know, constructing it, the government officials who approved it, it was not supposed to be about, oh, you know, slavery was, uh, was a cause that we should think of as, you know, close, but they didn't win or something, right? It wasn't meant to, it was meant to bring together the two sides that had fought a horrific war that killed hundreds of thousands on both sides and to bring the union together. Um, this all comes, by the way, this destruction, or I should say removal, because officially they're just removing it, but, you know, where is it going to go? It's a, it's in a place of honor, obviously, in Arlington Cemetery. Where is it going to be moved to? Now, they'll put it in the basement of some museum, I'm sure. So I know they have some plan for it, but who knows where it will actually end up. This all comes from the George Floyd panic. They also don't talk about this very much. Right, George Floyd, the, um, the, uh, convicted felon and drug addict, who died of heart failure in a uh, interaction with police. Yes, he was convicted of George Floyd's murder. Uh, we could have a whole other discussion about whether that was politically motivated or not and whether the jury even felt they could de- deliver a fair verdict or not. But in the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021, uh, they it's like almost a trillion-dollar bill. They had the... Empower, they empowered a naming commission to remove, quote, all names, symbols, displays, monuments, and paraphernalia uh, that honor or commemorate the Confederate States of America. So they slipped this into the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act. And now we're all supposed to think that somehow what, what, what is accomplished by this other than forcing people to, well, one, I think live in ignorance because so few people actually even know how this came to be. They just hear Confederate monument. And then they want to just—they want to remove, they want to destroy, they want to take it away. What's the purpose of this specific monument? Remember, these are the same—the same voices on the left that wanted to get rid of a statue commemorating emancipation of the slaves, with money raised from former slaves to pay for it because they did not like the depiction in the statue of some of the emancipated slaves. It's never enough. I mean, there will never be—you can never. Um, appease this side. All you can do is allow them to destroy whatever history that you think you know of this country and replace it with this distorted version of America is a bad, awful, racist place with nothing redeemable about it. And only if we have Marxist identity politics obsessed lunatics in charge can we ever 
you know, be a better place. Um, I reject that, and I think many of you do as well. One of the toughest notions to contend with is the thought that every day thousands of babies never get a chance at life. Unborn children are more at risk by the prospect of abortion than ever before, if you look at the numbers these days. But there's something incredible that is happening. Amidst all that darkness, the pre-born network of clinics nationwide is doing everything they can to save as many babies' lives as they can day in and day out. As this year draws to a close, preborn will have rescued 44,000 babies' lives. In large part, that happens because of the support of people like you and other individuals in the pro-life community. Preborn uses your donations to provide ultrasounds, counseling, maternity clothing, supplies needed for a newborn, and so much more. You might imagine when a pregnant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat and witnesses the moment, uh, the movements rather she feels, her maternal instinct kicks in, and so often she chooses life. Would you join Preborn and sponsoring as many days of life as you can before this year ends? $28 will save a life, possibly, and sponsor an ultrasound. $5,000 will underwrite their entire network for a 24-hour period. All gifts are tax-deductible. And now, through a match, anything you give is doubled. Anything you can give will be doubled. Use your cell phone. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. Sponsored by Preborn. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. 
I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. I want to take some calls here and uh, also let you know that we're going to talk to our friend Julio Rosas uh, coming up in just a few minutes. He's down at the border. Uh, biggest numbers of illegal crossings ever. And you can you can bet uh, easily that also means you've got more fentanyl crossing. And, I mean, the, the southern border is a total mess. Biden's kicked it wide open. Or I should say the people around Biden who actually make the decisions, while well, he mutters around like, you know. Uh, it kind of sounds like Biden, right? Just sort of muttering. I don't know. Uh, we have Gary in Arkansas calling in here. What's up, Gary? Yeah, I was curious. Are they going to remove all the Confederate soldiers in Arlington also? That's a, you know, Gary, it's, it's a good question, right? They say right now that none of the graves will be disturbed, but you know, if, if, if the memorial can't stand, then why should the Confederate soldiers be, you know, and Arlington is a place of honor in this country. We all know that, right? So you can't you see, I mean, obviously you can see, but can't one see how the left will just, the incrementalism never stops. The next push will be, well, we, we need to put them in some other, you know, some other cemetery somewhere else or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think the answer to your question is right now they say they won't do it officially, but these the people that push for this stuff, they lie. And they change their minds. And then they do exactly what they said they wouldn't do. So, Gary, I, I think it's, um, I think we all see what's going on here. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Um, we have, uh, Bill in, uh, did we just do, no, that was in Arkansas. Bill in Alabama. What's going on? Hey, uh, Buck. So <clears throat> when they took down Robert E. Lee in Richmond and his horse, they melted him down in secret and then told everybody, oh, by the way, we destroyed that statue. You'll never see it again. Is that yeah. the fate of this one, too? Um, I think give it time. They'll say at every step of the way, oh, we would never do that. It's going to somewhere else. But they'll move it somewhere else, and then there'll be a petition to move it from that place. And then there'll be a petition to put it, you know, in the base, in a museum, but it'll go in the basement of the museum. And then, you know, and then they'll dismantle it piece by piece. You know, who knows? Um, it's, it's again a fair question when you see what they've done. I mean, they got rid of the statue in front of the Museum of Natural History in New York City, for heaven's sakes, with Teddy Roosevelt. Right? That can't be there. They're doing this all over the place. And what are we supposed to replace it with? I mean, honestly, are we just supposed to be surrounded with statues of Nancy Pelosi? Is that what's supposed to happen? You know, who are we allowed to, uh, to symbolize in a historical sense? Not even necessarily praise and venerate, although that's a thing that, that is done too by statues. It depends on the context. They don't want the context. They just want the power. They want everyone to bend the knee. Everyone's supposed to shut up while we're all told that the real history of America is the 1619 project, that America's a terrible place and we should feel awful every day. And oh, by the way, the people who say all that stuff, they all think they should be in charge of this awful place that made all of its money, you know, in ill-begotten gains. That's really convenient for them, isn't it? More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.